everybody, again, this is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast. At least we think they want to know these things. Yes, we hope so. Um, This is uh, Nate Johnstone, and I am here with Paul Anderson. Hi, folks. And we have been talking about, for the last couple weeks, hearing God's voice for other people. Hearing God's voice for our friends, people who need prayer, people who need help. Um, A.K.A. what the Apostle Paul would call prophecy. And Paul, uh, this Paul, Paul Anderson, <laughs> not to be confused with the Apostle Paul. Um, that's okay. If we confuse him, that's okay. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, no problem. I'll just tell people I work for the Apostle Paul. Yes. Um, that's cool. Um, Paul had talked about a number of things. You had talked about a number of things last week that I thought were really good, especially um, this little. I'm glad you like. You had a list. <laughs> You're welcome. You had a list of uh, sort of like guidelines or hints for people mm-hmm. who are giving prophecies mm-hmm. and I, I just wanted to bring this back up because i think these are really good um and at first i want to say you know like what the ones you said were say what you see mm-hmm. address the future keep it simple yep now a question that some people might have is wait a minute you're telling people how to do this but i thought prophecy was you hear what god says and you just say it or you see what god is showing you and you say it so how can you say do this and do that if all of you all you're doing is parroting what you hear um what would you what would you say to that? oh you're gonna throw that one at me huh <laughs> well I, okay i'll try it i'll try it i love the fact that we have physical ears that hear sound waves and we really have spiritual ears and we can learn to hear God's voice. I love that. You know I love it. You love it too. We learned that. People taught us. Larry taught me to listen and to expect to hear. And so now I can do that. And I'm very thankful. I'm very thankful that I could teach my kids that if you listen, not with these ears, these physical ears, but ears of the heart, that God will speak to you. And they have learned that. You can learn that. And that we have eyes that can see. Paul said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. So Christians have eyes to see things. Some of them, like I have a friend in Norway that can see angels. I can't see the angels, but she can see them. I think it's it's wonderful. So when Kara said, Say what you see. See, that's what she understood prophecy to be. She was both saying, well, I see this person. I see they're hurting. But I'm going to start seeing something in the spirit. So it simplified it for her. And she's, I can do that. I can I can do that. Is it, did I answer your question? Yeah, in, in part, yes. And so... You, you use the, the metaphor of hearing, usually mm-hmm. when you're talking about prophecy. Your daughter, Karis, uses seeing. Yes. And both are true, right? Both are correct. Mm-hmm. In my experience, I tend to, I guess I would say I tend to hear more than I would say I see. And then, but a lot of times, especially the last couple years, um, I have been feeling Mm. more than seeing or saying Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so 
which is it, these are all hard to describe because we're putting words to things that we barely understand ourselves. Yeah. Okay, but are experiencing often. But are experiencing often. So these are these are all metaphors. Seeing, mm-hmm. hearing. It what what we're saying is God is communicating, and we are picking it up. Yeah. Okay. And some people process things more visually, and so they do tend to see pictures in their mind's eye. We're not talking about an open vision, quote unquote, where like with my natural eyes, I see something happening, which is what we read in Ezekiel, you know, and and books like that uh, in the Bible. And and I know people who've had those kind of visions. I've had maybe one or two my whole life. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm a pretty prophetic person and I've been doing this for, for a long time. And so that's just not something I've experienced very much. But I will see things in my mind's eye. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody listening, imagine an apple. A red apple. And now you zoom, Bingo. you zoom out of the picture and the apple is on a branch. Keep zooming out, it's on a tree. A beautiful green apple tree. We all see a tree in our mind with an apple on it, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. The same way you just saw that tree, that type of picture, quote-unquote, vision, quote-unquote, that's the way God often speaks to people yeah. in this way. So when Carl says, you say what you see, that's what she's talking about, that mind's eye, which is a Shakespeare term, um, your mind's eye. But that's the same kind of thing we're talking about. Paul said, the eyes of your heart. Mm-hmm. But I think it's talking about the same thing. Um, lately, I've been often feeling the heart of God for other people. Mm-hmm. So I, I have been sensing God's emotion or affection or intention towards somebody else and that's fairly new for me that's not that's wonderful i'm not a super like emotive person mm-hmm. um in that sense um uh, but i've been that's something that i've been experiencing more and more which is cool but that's that a little different cool. so god communicates in different ways we receive it we pick it up in different ways and then we pass it on to the other person um and then paul was saying you know, address the future, keep it simple. And some people might say, well, if you're just reporting what you heard, then how can you say address the future or keep it simple? If, if all I'm doing is reporting, then why are you giving me so many guidelines? And I think the purpose of that is to help you discern whether or not it's God. We're not saying come up with a word that is positive. We're not saying come up with a word that speaks to the future. We're not saying write out something in a simple way. We're saying this communication you're receiving from God to help you discern whether or not you should give this, ask, is this positive? Does this build up and encourage this person? Is it going to tear them down? Is it going to bring shame? Then don't, don't do it. Don't say it. Which some people thought, I used to think, prophecy had to do with some conviction. So right. you're going to probably show them their sin Bring out something dark, and it's just the opposite. It's to encourage, comfort, and strengthen. Yeah. How many times does Jesus bring up people's specific sin? One comes to mind right away, and that's the woman at the well. But he does not say it in a condemning, thus saith the Lord, you've had five husbands, and the man you're with now isn't your husband. No, he's speaking to her very gently. Yeah. He's speaking to her very kindly. She walks away from that conversation really excited and encouraged and on fire about Jesus and went and goes and tells her whole village, right? So that was not negative. She didn't walk away feeling shame from that encounter of him talking about that specific issue in her life. Um, The woman caught in adultery, well, it didn't take prophecy to figure out that she was 
they don't get they found her like that um, in the acts uh assumedly um and so jesus didn't prophesy her sin like he doesn't do that he doesn't bring people's sin out mm-hmm. like that um certainly not in public and i've seen it happen i'm sure you've seen it happen too people sure. calling people out in public negative things and i tell people i've told our people at lydia house if you feel like you have a word for someone think very hard before you share it with anyone else within earshot and if there's even a potential possibility that this word could bring shame on them in any way save it and give it to them privately mm-hmm. just just save it because if you give a word in in, in public people might judge certain things yeah you know like if if the word if the word to somebody is god says you need to have faith and you need to stand firm and not go to one side or the other, but stand firm. That's a pretty good word. I don't think anybody is going to hear that word and say, oh, they're maybe really into some bad stuff, you know? But if but if someone gives a word saying, you've been unsure about what to do in a certain situation, and God wants you to know that you need to read the Bible more, or something like that. Like, people, there are certain words that people could take and be like, hmm, I guess that person really hasn't been following God much. Come back to your first love. That's not necessarily a negative word, but if you tell someone, God is saying you need to come back to your first love, someone else might say, oh, well, they're, they've fallen away. Mm-hmm. I guess they've fallen away. Yeah. So that's not a negative word, but it could be taken negatively. So I, I, I take three steps back, and I say, if, if, if it could bring shame on them, just don't do it in public. Don't do it with other people around. Yeah, don't do it in front of their spouse. Don't do that's it in front of their really kids. That's a really good name. Go to them in private and say it. And, and I've had people give me pushback from that. And, and to me, if you give pushback on that, then there's something wrong with you mm-hmm. as the prophet, as the speaker. Like there, there's something that makes you want to give a word in public. Why? Mm-hmm. So that people can see you give a word in public? You need to check yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know some Christians who are like, I want to be the guy. I want to be the girl who starts giving words in public. Why? You better be really careful there or the Holy Spirit's not going to let you do that. <laughs> Um, because you could really hurt people. I've seen people get so hurt by so-called prophetic words that were given in a way that was insensitive, um, inappropriate, and, and just not done well. And it just makes me so sad. Well, just picture Jesus. That's not how Jesus did it. He could he could see their whole heart. He could see Matthew's heart. He was a tax collector, man. There were a lot of things that Jesus could have pointed out about him. He mm-hmm. didn't. He chose. Mm-hmm. He chose not to. He just come and follow me. We got yeah. a, We got a future together. Think, I, I think this is very important to let people know that to prophesy is not to point out something wrong about people. Mm-hmm. It's to strengthen, encourage, and comfort them. It's the opposite of what some of us thought it was, including me. Yep. You're not the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict Mm, of sin. You are not him. That is right. And even when you are speaking as his vessel, his mouthpiece, whatever you want to say with prophecy, you're still not him. So don't confuse that role. You are just a horn that he's blowing into. That's all you are. You're the horn. You're, you're, You're not the Holy Spirit. And so it's not your job to convict someone of sin. Um. And so be very, very careful about anything negative, bringing up issues, problems, shame. Um, 
also be really, really careful about um, prophesying doom and gloom. Oh. Um, I tell people that I am training to literally never do it. Mm-hmm. Never. Ever. And even if you feel like you have the strongest word that, that something, that their wife is going to be killed. And I just, I saw it happen and I am positive their wife is going to be killed. No. No. You do not tell them that. Because that does not build faith. It's going to do the opposite. It's going to bring fear. Fear is not of God. God is love, not fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Don't do something that's going to bring in fear. You don't prophesy doom and gloom. If you truly, honestly believe God gave you that word, it's not to share with them. It's to pray. So you get some of that person's friends together and say confidentially, I believe God showed me this and I don't know what it means. Maybe, maybe there's a, an attack against her. Maybe something's going to happen, but we need to pray. And you get together and pray. That kind of a revelation is to pray. It's not to share with the person. Never share something with them as if it was a prophecy, if it's going to bring something other than faith. Anything not of faith is sin. Mm-hmm. And so you got to be really, really careful about what you share, when you share, how you share it. And so, so he, that's why these guidelines are important. Yeah, and, and why we said last week that um, my buddy Fred, who has a strong prophetic gift. You used to sit next to me at the Holy Spirit Conference, and if we needed a prophetic word, I would say to him, get up and prophesy right after the offering. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he taught uh, us in a group. He said, okay, we're going to prophesy together. We're gonna, uh, here's how you're going to do it. You're going to start out by saying, the Father loves you. Go ahead and say it. The Father loves you and says to you, there it is. So you, then you finish that. So you're showing love, not harshness. You're not looking for sin. You're looking for what God is doing, how God can bless this person, how God can give them strength, give them encouragement, give them comfort. It's so wonderful. New Testament prophecy. See, it's like, it's, it, that's what it's like. It's different from Old Testament. Old Testament prophecy often had doom and gloom yes. attached to it. Yep. And so we think, well, that's what prophecy is. No, the New Testament is radically different. Thank Jesus. Thank Jesus. Literally. He took, <laughs> Literally. he took the judgment so that we get the grace. Yes, it's a new covenant. It's a better covenant. It's a much better. So much better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely Good better. grief. Read the law again, folks. Yeah. It's been a while. Read through that thing. Good luck. Mm. Uh, Jesus is, is so much better. The New Covenant is awesome. And I love this last one that you have here. Keep it simple. Um, again, when I was growing up, I grew up in a church that, that believed in prophecy, and we did this sort of thing, right? Um, but I saw some people who would do it in the King James English, like the non-English King James Bible, right? Thus saith the Lord, thou shalt these and thousand and doeth thines. And I'm like, mommy, are they Amish? What's happening? I don't understand. They're not wearing the thingy. Um, and it's like, no, they're, 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 they're using the King James Bible, and they think that's how you should prophesy. And she'd say, it's not. But just don't worry about it. You know? That, that's how I was raised. I was ra- my, my mom's phrase was always, you eat the fruit and you spit the pits. <laughs> eat the fruit, spit the pits. You got a bag of cherries in here. So like you eat the cherry, but you spit the pit. Okay. And that's just life. Not everything is going to be 100% perfect. 
Yeah. And so some things, it's like, okay, what he said was fine. The way he did it was terrible, but that's okay. Because <laughs> guess what? We're all learning. We're all kids here. Um, and so grace, you can extend grace as opposed to judgment. But from a, if we can get critical for a minute, um, which as leaders, I think we have to do when we're teaching people how to prophesy, it's not about the King James. It's not about thus saith the Lord. Um, it's not about bizarre actions. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a lot of that growing up. I saw a lot of, okay, someone, so-and-so was coming up into the prayer line. Okay. I was the catcher. I was always, always big and strong. So even at 12, <laughs> I was the person who would catch people if they fell over, which, okay. which for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, um, uh, we're in a, we're in a decade long or longer spiritual ebb right now in terms of the flow of the Holy Spirit. Back in the nineties, there was, there was a, a wave of the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Now there's an mm-hmm. ebb, the ocean goes out, the ocean mm-hmm. goes in. It's the way nature works. It's the way the spirit works too. And there was a wave back then. And so things yes. happened far more easily. Healings occurred more readily. People heard the voice of God, experienced God in different ways, far more readily, particularly in physical manifestations. Mm-hmm. Not as much with prophetic. I think the prophetic is actually stronger now than it was then, which I think is very interesting. interesting. Maybe they switch back and forth. I don't know. We'll see what happens in 20 more years, and I'll come back and let you know. But uh, at that time, there were a lot of physical manifestations. So sometimes when people would be prayed for, they would be overwhelmed yes. in the presence of God, like like people were, were in, in the days of the Bible. So-and-so was overwhelmed in the presence of God. You know, um, David experienced it. Samuel experienced it. And uh, sometimes that would overwhelm them emotionally, and they would start to weep. And that's, that still happens. I, I see a lot of that today. And I'm not saying none of this happens today. It does. It just happened a lot back then, very readily. Um, sometimes in worship, I'll get overwhelmed just by the presence of God and I'll weep. I'm not sad. I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. I'm just over the, the present. The emotion of God is stronger than my emotions can handle. Mm-hmm. He's more than I can take because I'm a weak vessel, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that happens physically. And it yeah. happened a lot back then physically. And so I was the guy who made sure nobody accidentally <laughs> got hurt because I would catch people if they started to feel a little wobbly in the knees or fell over or whatever. And so that was my job. And so I saw a lot of prophesying going on. And yeah. this is how I actually learned how to prophesy and how not to yeah. um, because they wouldn't let me because I was a kid, which was a mistake mm-hmm. on their part. I don't judge them, though, because they didn't know what they were doing. Sure. They were toddlers learning how to run around for the first time in the playground. It was really awesome. But mm-hmm. they didn't know how to do stuff um we know hopefully a little better now and hopefully our kids will know even better yeah and their kids will maybe start to get this down <laughs> but um so i i watched a lot i learned a lot and i saw a lot of things that were silly and i saw a lot of things that were dangerous mm-hmm. not a lot of things that were dangerous but some um i saw silly things like people making a lot of noises or or actions that were just strange and unnecessary. Sometimes you get overwhelmed with the presence of God, like I said, and may, you might be overcome in emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, there are groanings mm-hmm. too deep for words that the spirit understands. And so those things do exist. I'm not saying they don't. But oftentimes, a lot of the stuff that I saw was because people just saw prophetic things modeled that way. They saw prophecy modeled. Okay, I'm going to pro- prophesy for you. Ready? Mm, no, yes. Oh, whoa, 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 mm, and a lot of breathing and a lot of waving back and forth. Mm-hmm. And then here's what I think the Lord is saying. Was all that stuff at the beginning actually necessary? Mm-hmm. Was the Holy Spirit making you do that? Or were you so overcome by the Spirit that you made all those noises and waved your hand around like that? Mm-hmm. No. 
what happened is that's how you saw someone do it once. Yeah. And subconsciously you said, ding, that's how you do this. And you start to do it. We all do this. We pick up habits. If you're in a if you're in a church where they worship in a certain way by let's say dancing in a certain way, raising your hands in a certain way, saying certain things in between prayers, in between worship songs, you will start doing all those things. There are people who I can see um, around and I'm like, oh, you watch a lot of videos of Beth already because of what you're doing with your hands. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they're like, yes, I do. That was a prophetic word. What else do you have for me? <laughs> and I'm like, that was not a prophetic word. I've watched the same videos and I recognize your hand motions. You picked that up subconsciously by watching that. Sure. And that ministered to you. And so you start doing it too. That's how human beings learn. It's actually how chimps learn too. And dogs and a lot of other animals. Um, so this isn't, it's not a bad thing to pick up habits. Mm -hmm. But when you're ministering to someone else, or you're praying for them, when you're prophesying for them, it's best to strip that kind of stuff away. Mm -hmm. And to try your best not to have any of those kind of habits out there. Because it can be very distracting. Mm -hmm. It can pull someone out of the mode of being able to receive from the Lord. If it's something that they find strange or bizarre, they might be out. Uh, that's it. I'm out. I'm not going to walk away from this prayer because that'd be too rude. And I'm from Minnesota or wherever I'm from. And so I'm not going to walk out, but I'm not listening anymore. And I'm not going to receive what you're saying because you're now weird to me. I've got a story Do it. That, that fits into what you were saying. Back in the day when we were doing our young adult group here. Uh, and some of our gang went to a prophetic conference. And I had been to one before like that. And there was some good stuff. But this particular time, they weren't, they weren't on in the same way that they had been before. So I'm asking these kids, young adults, how was it? The best I could get from asking four or five was it was okay. Some were saying it was confusing. It was disheartening. And so I said, we can't let this go. We got to bring people together. So we got them all together. There are about 12 of them. I invited my friend Fred Tony and Dan Siemens, worked with uh, Lutheran Renewal. And we had an evening and we discussed it all together. They brought up their concerns, their struggles, and we had some teaching. And I'd like. That's, that's really good that you did that. I, I think that's, that's a good leadership move. That when, when people experience something that they didn't really understand or they didn't like or they confused them, okay, let's dialogue about that. Let's talk about this yeah, and see why and how we can maybe get to where we should be with that. And I think that's what we as the leaders in the church need to do more in the realm of prophecy because there is a lot of stuff out there that is odd, that is weird, that people don't understand. And so they think, oh, this is just the way you prophesy is you be weird. Yeah. And that is false. It is categorically false. Mm -hmm. That is culture is what that is. That's the difference between spirit and culture. If you are from the South and you read the King James Bible and you bounce up and down when you pray or when you preach and the whole sermon, someone's playing the piano because <laughs> that's your culture. Yes. And that's how you prophesy. Great. Because that's authentic. That's who you are. That's that's your culture. But if that's not you, because you're from Wisconsin, then then why in the world are you bouncing up and down while you prophesy? And why in the world are you doing it in the King James when you grew up on the NIV? It makes no sense. But we see that, and that person was authentic, and on 
And so we do it. And, and that's the difference between culture and spirit. And we need to get those down. And we need to strip away the cultural stuff. It's unnecessary. A lot of people, for whatever reason, a lot of people in the prophetic culture 20 years ago or more were bizarre. Mm -hmm. And I, tr I don't mean that in a negative way. Yeah. They were just culturally what I and many people would, would consider unusual or a little bit different. If you had never seen a preacher from Africa... And tomorrow you go see a preacher from Africa, you would say, that was a little weird because it would be so different than what you're used to. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of the people in the early prophetic days were so different than what everybody else was used to. But what people looked at was the oddness perceived by the, by the observer. Yeah. That is odd to me. And they see that and they don't see the actual spiritual stuff. Mm -hmm. And so they reproduced the oddity and not the authentic. Yeah. And that was a mistake, and it still exists in the prophetic movement, the, the perseverance of the oddity and not the authentic. Um, next week, we're going to come together, and I want to talk about the meeting you guys had where you, where you dialogued on some of these things. Good, good. And I'd like to talk about the specific things that you came up with, because I think this is an important topic. Good. It would be helpful. Okay. So come Let's back next week, and we'll get into that.